Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi, and you're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Mary Wong. She's an author and she's a speaker. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you so much for having me, Gigi. I love it. You're welcome. It's such an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us more about you and where are you from? All right. Well, right now I'm in Los Angeles, California by the ocean. I just love being by the water because it's so healing, especially having gone through so much in life. We're going to get deep into that in just a moment. But after coming out of so many dark nights of the soul, struggling through life, living by the ocean is amazing. But I started off being the firstborn to um, Taiwanese immigrants in New Jersey, East Coast. So now I'm bi-coastal and um, Yes, what I do now is having gone through so many challenges in life, taking all of the golden nuggets learned from that, that's the whole point. I think God puts us through these challenges to walk through the fire so we can bring out the treasures and the gifts and then use that as our talents in the world to help other people who are going through the same thing. Because it's part of human experience, as I've noticed, working with so many people that trauma, challenges, these are normal parts of being a human. And what we need to do is be in these kinds of conversations, uh, surrounded by people that's going to give you their golden nuggets to help you along the way. And when you come out of it, you're going to want to do the same too, because we don't want that pain to go wasted for no reason. So that's a bit about me. It's very powerful. Now you are also a sexual assault survivor and advocate, and you've been kidnapped. Talk yes. to us a little bit more about your experience and how did you overcome Yes. Good question. You know, I don't don't often talk about this. So thank you for bringing this platform out for us to have these kind of conversations that are taboo and looked at as dirty or scary and people don't want to touch it. But honestly, it's important to bring these dark subjects to the light, the light so that we can shine on it, learn from it, prevent it ahead of time if possible. You know, that's always the goal. But ultimately to break the chains of abuse for future generations. So myself as a child at about five, six years old, I knew why I was on the planet. You know, and I believe that when we're so clear on our purpose, Sometimes the, you know, negative things can really come and try to take us off course as distractions. That's the way I frame it. And um, I was getting sexually abused as a child. And that really just took me off focus of being this happy go lucky child, obviously, because, you know, what came out of that was a programming of not knowing that you can ask for help, that you can go and find advocates. There were no advocates around me. The parents were not there to advocate. And even at an older age, when I approached the other parent to, to tell them, see, both of the parents were mentally ill, um, both narcissistic, one narcissist, one borderline personality disorder with narcissistic tendencies. And so the kidnapping, well, there were two separate incidences, but the sexual assault was going on for a little while. And then at one point, my mom took us out of school from New Jersey and kidnapped us and took us to Taiwan because they were having issues. And, you know, I remember her taking me to the rooftop of an apartment building and she pulled me to the edge and was threatening to kill the both of us. And so 
I share this not to put a negative light on my parents. They're mentally unwell, even though one is highly successful um, in the business world. Um, it just shows you that you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. We were raised to show perfection on the outside and hide what was really going on, all the abuse behind closed doors, the daily violence between the parents, sometimes one person going to the hospital, but definitely verbal abuse every single day. And that was really difficult. At least I had an older brother where we were the safe space for each other. And as we started to go through getting older through the years, we had each other to go back to and verify like, do you remember this happening or am I crazy? And having that, it was really such a gift because not only do we have an ally in each other during those difficult years, um, we laughed our way through childhood because it was so toxic and abusive. And I believe that was our natural state of being, but also it created this like force field around us of joy and happiness. And I knew from a young age that that's what I was here to do was to spread light and truth and joy and happiness. But before I was able to fully embody that, which is now, I had to go through a lot of trauma repeating this pattern that was instilled in me in childhood, but also epigenetically science has proven that the trauma, so we are a body vessel. We have to understand this. We are a body vessel and we've inherited all of the good and all of the trauma from the beginning of our bloodline. That's a long time ago. All of that epigenetically, so science has shown that trauma will leave a mark on your genes and it will passed down through the generations. Well, the good news is if trauma can alter your genes, you can also alter and heal it with positive, happy healing experiences. So that's what I'm here for. Um, and that's what you know, I'm sure you're here for too, by having this platform to talk about these really tough conversations. Nobody, I, I don't blame them. Nobody wants to talk about this, but it's important to because it's happening. So we might as well talk about it so that we can do something about it. So yeah, so we got kidnapped to Taiwan, death threats, and finally came back to America, um, only eventually to be abandoned in a mansion that they worked so hard to, to manifest. They worked so hard clim climbing up the corporate ladders to earn the money to buy this mansion with acres of land. And because they had emotional issues between each other, they left us in America with a checkbook, went back to Taiwan, and we had no guardians. Nobody knew. We kept up appearances. We kept going to school. And they never came back to live with us ever again. Um, it was insane. It was insane that I was a teenager. My brother was three years older. And there was just a lot of uh, abnormal behavior that we had to navigate and find our way through. I didn't even understand looking for a mentor. So if anybody knows someone who's going through something like this, any kind of life challenge, recommend to them, go find a mentor. There's a lot of free places you can find free mentorship. You know, there's a lot of nonprofits. There's just a lot of resources today that's available. You can learn a lot on YouTube. Or if you want to hire someone, that's great too. Shortcut it. But I didn't even know the concept of finding a mentor, whether it's spiritual, 
you know, educational, self-developmentally, like none of that until my 30s. And then since then, I've been hooked nonstop. <laughs> That's right. Receiving help truly matters. Now, you spoke about re recovering or overcoming your heart block recently. Talk to us a little bit more about your experience of overcoming your heart block in healing from trauma. Mm. Well, specifically what I was saying to you was a, a methodology called emotion code, but I've been working on removing my heart block for a long, long time. When you go through this much trauma, it does take time to peel the layers of the onions and then to like circle deeper and deeper to the root until you could truly turn from the caterpillar to the goop to the butterfly. And for me, it took a long time, but not everybody has to. It's just sometimes a trauma is just that deep. And, and it's okay because at the end of the day, all those layers that you go through have a lot of wisdom that you can then share to people like this. And so I, I met someone who did emotion code and it's a, it's a methodology where they come in and energetically release the, the heart wall. And even in Chinese medicine, which I spent some years studying, there's a pericardium is the name of this organ. They consider an organ that is a sheath over your heart. And energetically, it is in charge of opening and closing basically the heart. And so when you go through so much trauma, so much disappointment from especially the people who were supposed to be your advocates from a young age, again and again and again, you know, your heart gets broken over and over and over. And those things are, they, they are in your cellular memory. They're in your energetic body. They're in like, just, they're just lodged in there. And they're also in your subconscious mind. There's a lot of levels where you want to start to undo and unpack the trauma that is put into you as well as inherited, as I was saying earlier from your epigenetics. But if you're listening to this, I know 100% that there is no such thing as an accident or coincidence. And you are right here right now listening to this on any platform whatsoever because spirit has led you here to hear this message of healing, you know, of healing through not just the words, but the presence of the spirit right now, right here, right now. Amen. Very powerful. Now you are also a recovering drug addict. Talk to us a little bit more about your experience and how you overcame. Mm. That was that was a toughie. I would say looking back, it's not so much a physical addiction for me, even though it spanned thirteen, age 13 to about 22. And during that time, I, I studied, ironically, I went to New York University and I studied psychology and graduated in in four years within the, the you know, the typical time. But all through those years, I was just getting increasingly into more intense types of drugs, starting with alcohol and then marijuana and then all kinds of things that were kind of um, hallucinogens. And I believe that I did that as a way of self-medicating because it was so traumatic to be abandoned at 13. My parents started going away for a month, coming back for a month, going away for two months, coming back for a month until they just never came back. And they never gave us a memo. We just, I, I remember that horrible feeling of just constantly waiting. My heart, you wanna talk about the heart block? I was just constantly waiting day after day after day. When is mommy coming home? When is daddy coming home? I mean, I have two daughters now. I cannot imagine abandoning them at 13 years old. 
are you kidding with no adult guardians? So I, I naturally, the lowest frequency, my vibration came down low and the lowest frequency is drugs. People just started showing up and I needed love. All humans need love, companionship, um, belonging, belonging to a tribe. And it was very easy to fall into that category of um, people that are doing all of these things and just wanted to feel better. And I didn't have any guidance. That was definitely not something I would recommend, <laughs> but it's something that I did. And it took a long time to overcome because even though I went to New York University, the tribe that I came into, even though everybody was super wealthy, super educated, we were now doing just, you know, higher end types of drugs and clubbing and having bottle service at the high end clubs and you know, skipping the line at the front of the line. So like very she-she type of experience and it makes it feel like it's cool. But it's really not cool because you're escaping, you know, that's probably why I had to take so much time to peel back the layers and unpack all the damage that I had done because I was escaping and running away from the feelings of being unwanted, unworthy. I must be no, no good if my parents were going to abandon me. Sure, they gave us a checkbook and, you know, let us live in a mansion. Um, but spiritually, we were absolutely bankrupt. Absolutely. You know, being surrounded by all the opulent things that were imported from all over the world meant absolutely nothing when you feel like your breath is echoing through all of these, you know, huge square footage of a home feeling so, so empty and lonely. And so drugs is a very easy, drugs and alcohol is a very easy escape. Very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that with yeah. us. Now tell us a little bit more about your books. Yeah. So I wrote my first um, bestseller called The Empowered Child Raising Conscious, Competent, uh, Confident, Confident Connected Kids. It's right here. And um, I wrote it because I didn't realize what God was doing with me because I would close my eyes and type on my, on my keyboard. And that's how I wrote much of the book. And most of my books. And I didn't realize what God was doing through and with me. This is a book I wish that my parents would have read when I was a kid. Um, this is a call to action. Even though I'm, I'm my avatar that I'm talking to in the book is to a mom and calling an action to wake up and be the light leader, the light bearer for her child, that she has to go internally and do the work first in order to raise an empowered child. That's what it takes. We have to peel open ourselves, take down the heart walls, feel all the feelings. And it is so scary to do that if you are new to the path. And I just want to encourage you that it is okay if a story like mine or a story like Gigi's can end up in victory because there is a higher source power that knew who we were before we were created. And he architected everything, knowing exactly what our purpose is on the planet before we even came into the mother. We better believe whatever you're going through, you're going to be a-okay. You just got to lean on the spirit. You got to do the work. You got to surround yourself with the right godly people and you will make it. You will make it. And all of that is your talent that when the day comes that you meet your maker and he says, what did you do with your talents? You can say, I doubled it because you went there. You went to the depths and you unearthed the pain and the trauma to learn and heal. 
and then you brought it to the people. That's very true. Take time to heal. And everyone's healing journey is truly unique. Now, Mary, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? <laughs> well, I believe that that is the only way to live, living with purpose. And it leads automatically to happiness because, you know, going along with what I just said is that we all feel that calling and that pull from our heart, our soul, if we're not living in accordance and alignment with why we were created. That's why there's so much stress and overwhelm and fear and just wrong thinking is because we're being distracted by the external world. And sure, there are lots of things out there as evidence to prove why you ought to be scared and stressed out and overwhelmed. Absolutely. But we're going to have to put on our blinders and listen to our internal divine guiding system because that is the only truth. We got to seek the only truth because the truth for you is going to become why you're walking on this planet. And when you can figure that out, then automatically doors will open. All the old past things that don't serve will just shut. You just want to lock that door and you will have a clear path ahead of you and all the right people will show up. I call them destiny helpers. I'm a destiny helper. So is Gigi. We, I, I, I'm a kingdom builder. I love to see people who are on their path. And if they're not, I'm here to bump them on it because we need all the people to wake up to realize who they are and why they're here. Because then when you link up, then there's strength in numbers. Not only can you serve exponentially and synergistically, but you also feel a sense of safety because when you trip up and feel a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm feeling doubtful about myself, that negative voice starts to come in, you have someone to call and lean on who can remind you exactly who you are, exactly why you're here. And if you don't know yet, that's okay too. I didn't know for a long time. It's a process. It's a process for us to go from the caterpillar to the butterfly and in between it's called transformation. And that's what we're all doing here on planet earth. <laughs> I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, write it down. It's a process. I'll say it again. It's a process. Very powerful. Now, Mary, you talked to us a little bit about your own drug experience. What if someone else is going through that situation right now? They may be a challenge and they've turned over to drugs. What do you say to that person? Wow. Well, we all know consciously, right? So even though I'm starting there to say that like it doesn't actually help us, I know that it's not a conscious thing. We have to understand our unconscious mechanism. Think of your brain and think of yourself like artificial intelligence. What comes in goes out. It's predictable to a certain degree. And so if in your childhood you had a lot of trauma or in your bloodline or your lineage on either side, there was a lot of trauma and you inherited it there and nobody healed it yet. Nobody transformed it and transmuted it yet into the gift and the talent. You are the one to do it. You are the one. And it's okay don't beat yourself up for using drugs and alcohol to numb the pain. It's actually a pretty common thing. So don't feel like you're the only one. You're all alone. You should be ashamed. You should hide. Oh, oh, I didn't even mention I attempted suicide at 19 because of all that shame of sexual abuse, being raped by a best friend's older brother at 19 at NYU, drug abuse. Like 
if you had a sheet of paper with all a list with the check boxes of like what not to do, like they're pretty much all checked off. So if you want to talk about shame, I get shame, but I'm telling you like, fine, get with someone. If it's domestic violence, go to the domestic violence center. If it's drug abuse, go to a place that helps with drug abuse, whatever it is, go to the place that specializes in helping you overcome it because there is a blueprint. We got to get to the depths of the emotional, the root cause of the emotional, mental um, cause of it. And we heal that. And again, it's a process. So you got to be patient. You cannot be rushing yourself and saying, well, I know this consciously. Why am I still working on it? It takes time. There's so many layers and everybody is different. If you want to feel better about yourself, how many decades did it take me? It took me like at least two, two and a half decades. So like, yeah, I'm Asian. I look young, but I got makeup. I got great lighting, but it took me decades to get here, maybe more. So don't feel bad. Do not compare yourself to anyone. The biggest thing I can say is find the exact expert that can help you with the exact thing you're overcoming. And I believe that there Things happen in the spiritual realm before it happens in the physical realm. We are a spirit with a soul and a human body on the earth plane, healing, going through this transformation, learning, going through the process of walking through the fire, alchemizing, you know, burning away everything until it's just pure gold. You are pure gold. You're going through the fire. Burn it away. You just need a little help. Who doesn't need help? It's all good. I love it. Very true. Now, Mary, where can the audience find you? You can go to my website. May, uh, it's right there on the screen, M-A-R-Y-L-H-U-A-N-G.com. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook under the handles at Rise From Divorce. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Mary on all of her social media platforms and also her website. That's M-A-R-Y-L. H-U-A-N-G, and that's Wong.com. And Mary, thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me Podcast. Thank you so much, Gigi. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. God bless. God bless. God bless.